Uh, this might be, it, it, I mean, maybe all of the book is surprising, but this might be one of the more surprising scenes that happens at this point, that God has moved Jonah back from his waywardness, it seems. He's swallowed him up in a fish, spits him out on the land, and tells him to go ahead and go to Nineveh and preach to those people. Chapter 3 records that Jonah preaches 40 days are left and then the city is going to be destroyed. And it is a massive repentance that happens. We're told small and great, even the king, they all are now repentant. They sit in sackcloth and ashes. They turn from their evil ways, hoping that God will relent from the disaster. And the end of chapter 3 of Jonah tells us that that's exactly what God does. And you would expect chapter 4 to open with, Jonah is overwhelmed with excitement to see that this horrible, evil, wicked, cruel nation has turned its heart to God and has become now faithful and seeking the Lord and stopped their evil. And and, and how exciting to have something like that happen. And the first verse of Jonah 4 tells us that Jonah was exceedingly displeased. Not what you would expect from a prophet. And certainly not what you would expect from a prophet who has proclaimed God's word. He tell, tells us there in, in chapter 4 and verse 1, this displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. What is interesting about this word and trying to get the idea of what it is telling us here, I think is is pretty interesting. The the word displeased has a pretty wide range uh, when it comes to the Hebrew. It can mean uh, calamity and disaster, displeased, evil. The idea that it seems to me is that, uh, as some translations put it in the footnote of the ESV, it says it as well, is that what God did here was considered by Jonah to be evil. God relented of the calamity and it was calamity to Jonah that God turned from, from bringing this disaster upon Nineveh and it was now a disaster to Jonah. It's the same word at the end of chapter 3 as it is at the beginning of chapter 4. God's work now upsets Jonah and Jonah is angry and this is the worst case scenario to Jonah and I think It is interesting to see that what Jonah does here is he essentially considers that what God has done is wrong. Uh, You are wrong for what you've done. How dare you relent from this calamity and disaster against this wicked, awful, cruel city? You you shouldn't have have done that. And that's what verse 1 is ultimately all about. You have done wrong, and I am angry about it. And thus... This is the stance that Jonah has against God. Now, I think this is worth considering for a minute. I know that you have never felt angry toward God about what God does. Now, it is easy to look at Jonah and go, oh, Jonah, how could you be angry at God? Well, hold on a minute. That's maybe not so hard for us to relate to. You might even feel that way right now about what you're going through, 
about the circumstances that you're facing. Because that's where Jonah's at right now. How could God not do something? He should have done something in this moment. He should have brought this calamity against Nineveh and he didn't do it. How dare God not do that? And we sometimes run through those uh, thinkings and mechanics in our mind as well. That why didn't God intervene? Why doesn't God change what is happening? How could God allow this? Why didn't God stop this? Why didn't God change this? We run through those things. And Jonah is in a similar circumstance. I want you to think about that Jonah is angry about what God did not do. That's what he's mad about. He is displeased and angry at God because God did not do something that he thinks God should have done. And so he's upset. And that is, I think, if we take a moment of honesty right here, Probably something we've all felt. We've encountered that where we're like, God, you should have done something and I am angry. That you didn't do something in that moment. I expected you to do something and because you didn't do it, it is a disaster to me. It is evil to me. It is a calamity to me. You are wrong, God. And I'm angry about it. It doesn't take much effort to find people who are angry at God. And usually they are angry at God because they believe God should have done something or should not have done something. Something should have happened that didn't happen or something happened that shouldn't have happened. And they feel wronged by God and they're displeased by God's actions. And ultimately they are angry with him. Now, I want you to notice a little bit more about where Jonah is with this. Not only is he challenging God as wrong and evil for what he's done, but I want you to notice in verse 2 what he says. In verse 2, he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? This is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you were a gracious God, merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. For the first time, you're told the motivation about Jonah. Early in the book, we saw when God comes to Jonah and says, go preach to Nineveh, we see Jonah basically say, not only no, but renounces prophetic card. I am done. I'm not going to be your prophet. I'm going from the presence of the Lord. I am out of here. I'm not going to be a part of this. And now you're told why. Here is Jonah saying, I knew you were going to do this. I was right all along. I knew you weren't going to destroy that city. I knew that you weren't going to bring calamity on it. And that's why when you came to me and told me to go preach against Nineveh, that's why I left and went the other way. Because ultimately, I disagree with your character. I knew that you were slow to anger. And I knew that you were gracious. And I knew that you were abounding in steadfast love and merciful and relenting from disaster. Does that sound weird off the tongue? I'm so angry that you are a merciful God. 
I'm so angry that you have steadfast love and you are patient and tolerant and relent from evil, from, from doing disaster upon those who are worthy of judgment and evil. Interesting. And I hope you get a sense of the irony of what Jonah's saying right here in this moment. There's a whole lot of irony here. <laughs> because it's the patient, long-suffering, steadfast love of God and mercy who relents from disaster that Jonah's still breathing right now in the first place. It's the only reason Jonah's still alive is because that character of God is true. That he is slow to anger. He should have barbecued Jonah as soon as Jonah took one step to the south to Joppa. But instead, God let him go and let him run and let him think that he was going to get away. And God showed relentless grace by trying to bring him back through the storm and through the fish. And yet it is Jonah who is so angry at God. You are a terrible God because of your grace and mercy. You are terrible that you relent when people repent. I can't believe you did that. Now, again, to be fair, don't forget what I've tried to underscore through our study of Nahum that we had done a few weeks ago on Sunday night, as well as underscored in the prior lessons. Assyria, and Nineveh is its capital, is one of the most vicious and cruel evil nations ever. They're awful. Nobody liked them. The book of Nahum ended. Nobody's going to be sad when you fall. <laughs> Everybody was just like, let them go. They're awful. And yet, he's not happy about their repentance. He thinks they should have been judged. They should have received this judgment against them because of, the, of their wickedness. Now, here's one of the things that I want you to think about. <clears throat> I think what you are seeing right now in chapter 4 is ultimately an undoing of Jonah's repentance. Do you remember what we saw in chapter 2? In Chapter 2, you have Jonah sitting in the fish. And you may remember that Jonah said how grateful he was, how he was going to offer his, his vows of thanksgiving and sacrifices, how God had ultimately rescued him. And I want you to think about it is it is really interesting to see how quickly he has forgotten the rescue of God. How quickly he's forgotten the grace of God. That here he is grateful that God has rescued him and saved him and spit him back out on the land. And here he goes. He's going to do his job and go to Nineveh. But just give him a few moments. Another bad circumstance arises and he immediately reverts back. He's ultimately undoing this repentance that you saw at the end of chapter 2. And starts justifying all of his actions. You know, God... What I did was right. I, I, I think verse 2 is just amazing. This is why I ran to Tarshish. I was right to run. I was right in my decisions all along. Yeah, I, I, I understand that I gave you a repentance a while back, but boy, I am right. I, I should have left because I knew your character. I knew what you were going to do. And I was right to leave in, in, in that way. I, I think this is so 
amazing to hear him undo his repentance because he took so much joy in his own salvation and has no joy in the salvation of this city. He is so grateful that there was this fish that rescued him as he was sinking down into the sea and hits the sea floor and says that the seaweed is wrapping around him and that the earth was swallowing him up. But no interest in seeing God use that same mercy and long-suffering and steadfast love for others. In fact, what he says in verse 3 perhaps might be the most stunning of it all, but maybe not so stunning. In verse 3 he says, Please take my life from me. For it is better for me to die than to live. And I want you to see that really Jonah's come full circle at this moment. We made the point in in chapter 1 that when the storm is threatening to break up the ship, Jonah has an awful lot of options there. And he doesn't take any of the options about, hey, maybe we should pray to God. Maybe we should repent. Maybe, no, he says, throw me into the sea. His option is it is better to die then be a prophet of God. Just toss me in. Same thing now. If this is the way God is going to be, I don't want to live. If this is the way God runs the world, you might as well kill me. If this is how God is going to run my life, I have no interest in continuing on. There is absolutely no room for the grace of God in Jonah's life. He doesn't want to hear about grace. He doesn't want to teach about grace. He wants an angry, wrathful God at the city of Nineveh. That's all he wants right here. He doesn't want any compassion. He doesn't want any forgiveness. He doesn't want any mercy. He doesn't want any of that right here. He wants God to wreck that city and destroy it. And since he won't, God won't do what Jonah wants, God, you might as well kill me. Better to be dead than alive than to deal with this God. This is amazing to hear out of this mouth of this prophet. And friends, I hope that we would think about what a terrifying thing it is to tell God, I am so unhappy with how you run the world that I'd rather die. I'm so unhappy with how you're running my life that I would rather die. I'm so unhappy with the decisions that you are making in my life or in this world or in these circumstances that it is better off for me to be dead than alive. Now, we might get on Jonah, but we might have had those feelings. If this is the way things are going to be, I'd rather die. I'd rather die than have this God run my life. I would rather die than have this God be in charge. And I want you to see with Jonah that his anger has ultimately hit its maximum point. Uh, you, You can't put it any stronger. You are challenging the character of God. You are impugning who he is. You are putting him on trial and saying, God, what you have done is wrong and evil And I knew that's what you were going to do. And I have a right to be angry. And I would rather die than continue in doing any of this with you. 
Now, what would you think God would say to that? <laughs> I, I kind of expect verse 4 to say, and God gave him his wish and finally killed him. <laughs> right? Uh, Jonah, if I'm that terrible and you want nothing to do with me, wish granted. And he was french fried on the spot and all that was left was black spot on the ground. Yeah. I mean, this has been a stubborn, wayward, rebellious prophet. And God has rescued him, saved him, give him, him more chances only to have Jonah reverse his repentance and stand against God again. And at some point you would kind of think, okay, God, you're done with him, right? I mean, he, he says he's done with you. You're done with him. But I want you to notice what God does here in verse 4. In verse 4, it says, Do you do well to be angry? You know, justice is certainly due to this prophet. Uh, judgment is certainly worthy of this prophet. The wrath of God, no one would stand back and go, wow, I can't believe that the wrath of God happened after all that we've read. I mean, you would think that would be what would be next. But what God does is simply asks a question, and friends, it is a really important question, and it's going to be the thrust of our lesson this morning. Are we really right to be angry? That's what God challenges Jonah with, is that question. You're upset with the circumstance. You're upset I didn't do what you wanted. You don't like how I'm running things. You don't like my character. You think I should have done something that I didn't do, and you're upset and angry, and you think I'm wrong. So here's the big question that God then has for us. Are we doing well to be angry? Are you right to be angry about this? Should you be upset? Are you vindicated? Are you right? And I hope that we will think about this question, not only in the lens of what we see in Jonah, but also in regards to ourselves. But first, let's talk about Jonah, because clearly his anger is selfish. God is not providing an outcome that I think he should have given. And I'm mad about it. You know, you think about in times when you're angry, have you ever had somebody come up to you and kind of ask you something similar along those questions, this question? You know, you're angry about some particular circumstance or what somebody did or something that happened. And somebody, you know, a friend of yours, family member says, you know, you, you know, you really think you should be angry about that? What is your immediate answer in your mind? Absolutely. <laughs> Do you know what they did and what happened? And absolutely, I should be angry. You don't understand. And I want you to see that God's doing this with Jonah right here, trying to get him to think about this circumstance. And it's interesting at the moment, Jonah's not going to answer this question. He will later when God asks it to him again. Well, Lord willing, we'll look at that next week. But there is something important about this question because what God is doing by asking this is reminding us 
about the selfish nature of anger. How many times does God have to tell us our anger does not produce the righteousness of God or to pray in every place, lifting up holy hands without anger or quarreling that Galatians five tells us anger is a work of the flesh or Colossians chapter three and verse eight, put away all these things from you. Guess what's first on the list? Anger. And so God's asking us a question here. Is it a good idea to be angry? Are you right to be angry? Are you doing well to be angry? Is this really the right response you should have at this moment? That's what God's asking. And he's challenging Jonah right here. He's trying to rescue his soul still. Should you really be angry in in this moment? And I think it's an important question for us to think about because we often justify our anger like Jonah. We think our anger is always right. Our anger is always justified. We always, when we have anger, it's always righteous indignation. And of course, we see Jesus having them. So that's why we're right too. We do this all the time. And yet the scriptures are constantly warning us that, friends, the vast majority of the time, our anger is wrong. We are not doing well to have anger. It is not the right response in the circumstance. And so God comes to us and asks us this important question. Are we doing well to be angry? Are we really right? This is a very hard question. In my younger days, I certainly wrestled greatly with this. I was angry at God. I was angry at other people. I was angry at my parents for the mess they've created. I was angry at certain people who committed certain sins that caused the destruction of my family, wrecked my childhood. I was angry at myself for not seeing what was happening and doing something about it. I was angry at God for this to be the new circumstance in my life. To have everything blown to bits. Forever change the trajectory and outcome of my life. And I think it would be fair to say that I was angry enough that I did want to die. It's a challenging question. Because we go through things. And especially going through things that were caused by others that wreck us. I didn't do anything wrong. I was just a kid. It was other people who made decisions that caused the collateral damage. And even though I was sinned against, which changed everything for the seeming worse for my life, I don't think anybody would be able to argue and look at my life and go, oh no, that was for the better. 
Did I do well to be angry? No. Who am I to proclaim who deserves mercy and who doesn't? Who am I to proclaim who gets more time for God to work his grace to bring them to repentance? And who am I to say, God, you need to do something about what they've done or what they haven't done? And who am I to say that someone's not worthy of forgiveness? The way to get a grip on anger is to ask yourself this question. Do you do well to be angry? And friends, there's a lot of circumstances where we want to say that the answer is yes, but I'm going to go through a few of those circumstances and hope that you see that the answer is no. We don't do well to be angry because our children do something wrong. We don't do well to be angry because, you know, our spouse was thoughtless and they didn't think about something and how careless of them. We're not doing well to be angry. We don't do well to be angry because our friend sins against us. That's not the way to handle when somebody does something against us. We don't do well to be angry when someone does something selfishly and it impacts us in a negative way. That's not the way to handle that either. We need to believe the words that God told us that human anger does not produce the righteousness of God. And we can think that there are so many circumstances in which our anger is justified, vindicated, and right. And God is saying it's wrong. It is not the response the people of God are supposed to have when circumstances don't go our way. When we don't like the outcome. When things are unfair, unjust, or not right. Anger is not the response that God tells us to have. We don't know better than God. We are not more righteous than God. We are not more generous than God. We are not more loving than God. We are not more gracious than God. And we do not know justice better than God. Yet in that moment, we think we do. Our anger is right. And our sense of justice is right. And our sense of love is right. Our sense of generosity is right. And we think that our anger is ultimately vindicated. And here's what I want you to see as the other big idea to this lesson of what's happening with Jonah. Jonah's anger made him blind to God's goodness. Did you catch that? He didn't see how good God had been to him because he was so upset about what God didn't do. (laughs) He's so angry that God did not destroy Nineveh that he has forgotten everything else that has happened in his life. To such a degree that he's willing to say to God, you might as well kill me. Friends, I hope that we will think about The next time you are angry at God, 
because of something he did or didn't do. And really ask yourself, do you do right to be angry? Is that really the right response? Because ultimately we are saying to God, you're not doing a good job. You're not running the world right. You're not working in my life correctly. I am more just. I am more loving. I'm more caring. I'm more generous. I am better. I am more good than you are. You know, Job kind of felt that way. You might remember Job said, you know, if if I could just stand before God for a minute, I'd, I'd sort all this out and get it all square. So God gave him a chance. Can you imagine the opportunity to stand before God and say, God, you know, this particular circumstance you didn't do right by. I just want you to play that out in your mind on how that would go. You remember when Job had his opportunity, he just said, I've spoken things I shouldn't have said. Your understanding is far greater than mine. And I repent in sackcloth and ashes. And do we do right? And are we doing well? To be angry because people don't do what we want them to do or what we think they should do. Is that really the response that we want to have? And I put my story before you to even underscore. You can be terribly wronged by somebody. And it be sin. And it be unjust. And forever destroy the way your life is going. And that still doesn't make your anger right. And you still aren't doing well by being angry. Jonah, do you do well to be angry? Unfortunately, he's not going to hear God say that right here. And he's going to keep plowing forward with his disagreement with God. And I hope you won't make the same mistake. That you'll hear what God's saying right now. And he's asking you, are you right to be angry with him? And are you right to be angry with the people in your life that you're angry with? And are you right in how you're handling those different relationships and dynamics and circumstances as complicated and painful and hard as they are? I understand. But are you right? And what your response is to that. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father. Lord, it is so easy to look at Jonah and to be so critical of his response to you. And not look in the mirror and see how easily we do the same thing ourselves. Lord, I pray that you would forgive us. 
Forgive us for when we have been angry about things you have done and have not done. Things we think you should have done. Whether it be in our lives or the lives of other people. Whether it be in circumstances bigger than ourselves and the way you're running the world. Lord, I pray that you forgive us for how often we have challenged your wisdom and your understanding. Lord, we know nothing as we look at the course of this world. You see the beginning from the end, and we do not. Lord, forgive us when we have been angry and we have not done well. We have taken out our anger on people, and though we feel justified and vindicated in it, it was not the right response. Lord, I pray that the next time anger rises up within us, that this question would come straight to our minds. Lord, emblazon it into our heart. Do we do well to be angry? Are we right? Is this really the response that you want us to have? God, forgive us for the times where we have been angry in that way. Forgive us for when we have been angry at your characters to such a degree that we have thought it would be better to die than to live. Lord, I pray that you would give us a greater faith that in our darkest hours and in our times of confusion and during our hardships and when we don't understand what is going on and we don't understand what you're doing and why you're doing it, that you'd give us a deeper faith in you. Help us to remember and believe that you know what is best, that you are doing what is right and that you always do what is right. Lord, I pray that you would help us depend upon that very character. You are right and good. You are slow to anger. You are abounding in steadfast love. You relent from disaster. And you receive those who repent. Lord, we are thankful that you receive those who repent because we've come before you today with repentant hearts. Receive us for the myriads of failures that we have had in our anger. We pray that we would have self-control, that we would control our emotions, control our anger, so that we would truly shine as lights as you want us to be. Lord, change our hearts and cause us to be different. In Jesus' name, amen.